I don't think they understand, Kib. No. I don't think you can really convey a message with instrumental music. Or can you? You can sure try. <laughs> this is the Christian artist <laughs> honoring Christ in creativity. My name is Caleb. My name is Embarrassment. My name is Carly. <laughs> We're here. We're trying. We're trying, guys. <laughs> uh, we hope that you are doing well on this beautiful Monday evening. Um, or morning or afternoon or wherever you are. Uh, Sheologians starts their, their podcast. Every time uh, okay. That sounded familiar, I was gonna uh, say. I've, I've been binge listening to Sheologians. Uh, shout out to Sheologians. Er, listen to Sheologians. Awesome podcast, Fighting the Powers of Feminism. As you should. Yeah. Uh, summer, summer White slash Jaeger. Yes, uh, who, it's amazing. Who is the one of the co-hosts for that podcast? Retweeted me today. What? Given, I was nice. quoting her. Mm. So she was basically just <laughs> retweeting herself. I did that once. Yeah, but <laughs> that's fair. Um. Anyway, we're here. We're happy. We're ready to go. What are we talking about today, guys? Instrumental music instrumental music is that why we did a cold open where we pretended to be instruments no we did that because we're stupid and very good at embarrassing ourselves mm -hmm. you know <laughs> but also yes because we're talking about instrumental music today yeah 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 mm-hmm you know what i'm gonna do right now connor start the audio recording I'm start recording them on locally yeah so i guess we don't have a cold opening for this episode no it's totally fine because i can i can just use the the audio from the video oh, okay. gotcha. for that portion and then i started the recording for this all right perfect i told myself in my mind i, I reminded myself multiple times i was like oh, caleb don't forget to start the recording before we go on caleb don't forget to start the recording before we go on i did mm. sorry <laughs> Sorry to all you audio, audio listeners. It's It probably sounded a little weird at first. It's just like, oh man, they forgot again and they have just had the audio for the video. I did, but I remembered when it counted. Thank save you for me, that long save me, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Say something brilliant. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, um, so we're going to be talking about instrumental music. I've been listening to a lot of instrumental music today because of that. Um, Probably but we all have, been. oh, well, okay. But I didn't. All right. It well, <laughs> we, we all prepared in our own ways. <laughs> I uh, totally didn't prepare. But, uh, well, you didn't do the research you said you were going to do yesterday? No, definitely not. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, I thought you had some stuff planned, man. I, okay. So I, I do have some stuff planned, um, but it's nowhere near as good as it's going to be. Oh, okay. Because I didn't actually like sit down and like make notes on it. I have okay. a couple of things I want to bring up. Carly, do you have a couple of things you wanted to bring up? Uh, kind of. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> where, where, do we, where do we want to start with this? I don't know. I wasn't down here until 8.15. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just kind of assumed you guys had it going. You know, you know when I have... Sometimes I, I just think about, like, my vision for this podcast and, like, 
what I want, like, eventually our, like, awesome Christian media studio to be. Mm. And whenever I do, yes. this is not it. What, me coming down at 8.15? All of us just not being prepared or caring at all about, you know, making this excellent. Guys, we're supposed to honor Christ through creativity. We're not honoring him if we aren't expending time preparing for this. I'm yeah. speaking to myself, I too. I to Olafur Arnold's for, like, four hours. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. Yeah. I'm four to- hours. As, the, as one of the first John songs says, and I love to quote this to myself, I say these harsh words to myself because I need to hear the truth of it and not get some self-help. There you go. Well, okay. Yeah. Just just, just speaking truth to myself. It's all good. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, what brought up this idea is just, I mean, we listen to instrumental music, um, but all, all three of us do it to some degree, listen to instrumental music. I, lis- I probably yeah. listen to instrumental music more than both of you combined right yeah for sure 100%. yeah probably i wouldn't be surprised yeah. it's <laughs> almost exclusively what i listen to yeah so with that being said it's very a very interesting topic of how do you glorify god in making instrumental music mm-hmm. um and so one of the things that I was thinking about in regards to this episode was yesterday i was listening to a podcast where uh, this woman was in uh, interviewing Andrew Peterson, uh, who is a Christian singer songwriter. We was that during our long car ride where we were gonna go to the Renaissance Fair, but then you ended up not even getting able to go because it took so long. We got lost, and was that yeah. was that what during that? Yeah, okay, that was yeah. that was then. Yeah, when I was clenching my fists and trying not to move my stomach because mm-hmm, you in felt pain. so sick. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so we yeah, had a great so day yesterday, guys. Yeah, it was fun. I was listening to this podcast. And <laughs> he, uh, Andrew Peterson started talking about how he would, th- I, th- I think he, he quoted somebody. I don't remember who he quoted, but he pretty much said, Gandhi probably. No, definitely not Gandhi. <laughs> he said, if you want to know more about God, read the Bible and look at his creation. Um, yeah. <laughs> And that got me thinking about a lot of different things. Um, he started talking about uh, different metaphors that the Bible uses a lot in analogies, um, comparing it to um, like agriculture and different things in creation, like grapevines and stuff like that. And he said that he never under- understood the uh, analogy about um, uh, pruning the vines until he got a grapevine. It was actually violently pruning his own grapevine. Mm-hmm. And he was like, wow, this is, actually takes a lot of work and you have to really like hit this stuff hard and really kind of like tear it out. Um, and so he started, I mean, he just started saying stuff like, like, you know, he didn't really fully understand certain parts of the Bible because he didn't understand the world that God had created. I um, mean, I think music could be part of that so before you get off of uh start like into the main discussion one of the things i do want to note is when you initially told me when you were talking to me in the car about the podcast um and you said that right like you know read the if you want to know about god read the bible and then look at his creation the first thing came to my mind was um what was theistic evolutionists um where they're like you know listen God has given us two books. He's given us the book of the, you know, scripture, and he's also given us the book of nature. And so we've got to read both books to understand, you know, what the origins of life was and all that mm. stuff. And, uh, you know, a lot of times people use that excuse um, to basically um, contradict, scripture. contradict scripture, right? Like use something else as the foundation for scripture. Um, when I was in 
um, my critical issues in modern religion class last semester where we talked about creation evolution pretty much exclusively through like, the whole thing. That was one of the things that we talked about in when um, Galileo, I believe it was, who was the first person to kind of bring up that idea of like, you know, we could learn about God from the Bible and from his creation. And I think Galileo meant something more like what Andrew Peterson is meaning mm -hmm. by that and whoever he quoted, you know, um, which I don't think was Galileo, but that would be kind of no, funny. I, I would have yeah. remembered it was Galileo. <laughs> um, but... Uh, a lot of people in the Enlightenment around the time that Galileo was, was like, doing his thing um, ended up taking that to mean, like, all right, scientists can be the new priesthood. Like, there were a separate priesthood who can, like, decide truth now. Um, and that's, that's, that's one thing we want to be careful about when, like, obviously, God's creation does speak a lot to his character and his, his, uh, his beauty and his grace and all sorts of things, especially, you know, with, with what you said there with you can look at the Bible and see analogies that scripture uses um and uh you know be able to understand it better because you know about nature but it's always important to remember that when we say you know, look, look look at creation and learn about god we mean in the light of scripture right yes. um romans 1 tells us right that everyone looks at creation and can know that there is creator but you can't look at creation and know about christ mm -hmm. um you have to go to the bible to know about um theology right like to to know who truly who god is we can know there is a god from looking at creation but to know truly who god is we have to go to the bible first and we have to use that as our standard when looking at nature um to right we start with the scripture and then we go to nature and we can both of those together can can give us a fuller understanding of god um but scripture is still our final authority um so anyway yeah if some evidence in creation seems to uh contradict something in scripture we go with scripture. You go with scripture and then to use that to interpret yeah. that evidence. Yep. Yeah. Um, and and I mean, like you said, Romans ten, faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, and how shall they hear without a preacher? Yep. No one is saved by looking at creation. People are saved through the gospel. Yeah. Um, so instrumental music. Uh, so where where do you want? Where did you want to go with that from from that quote? I, what direction were you headed? Often any some. and every. Some. I was kind of hoping one of you guys would pick right, up from so where I left off. Connor up. was paving this road, and then he got to like he got to <laughs> got this to place where he's road. like, you know, I could build this road in several different directions, but I'm tired. I'm gonna let right. someone else build this road. Yep. As long as the government doesn't build the road, I'm fine. Yep. Yeah, because they're really bad at it. I mean, honestly, the government doesn't even build the roads. I saw this meme once where it was like, you know, some people talking and and, and saying like, um, wait, does the government so the government builds the roads and it's like, no, they hire private contractors to do that. It's like, okay, so what, what are the, so the government, like, what, what do they do? <laughs> and it was just like, well, you know, you can't trust people to, oh no, no, it was like, oh, so the government uses their own money to pay the contractors to build the roads. Oh no, no, they take the taxpayer's money. It's like, okay, so what does the government do? Like what, what what's their role here? It's like, well, they negotiate on behalf of the taxpayers. It's like, why can't the tax it? Cause, cause obviously the taxpayers can't negotiate themselves. You know, they're, they're completely incompetent. Yeah. Anyway, that has nothing to do with what we're talking no, about. No, no. I, I, <laughs> You're I the one you, who brought it up. I You're gave the you the questioning it. look of why are we going on this table? I don't know. I just thought the meme was funny. It's it pretty funny. Yeah. I gotta say. Wouldn't it be the Christian artist without rabbit trails? It's true. true. It's true. You know what we need, Carly, you know what we should commission you to do? Christian artist art. 
What? That's really what we should we should need to do. <gasps> yes. Um, like, <laughs> like, like you should make like little little like I'm just thinking like, like like. I'm trying to think. I have an image in my head, and I'm trying to like say it, um, <laughs> like a little rabbit, right? And it's just like it wouldn't be the and have a little quote, right? Like it wouldn't be the Christian artist without rabbit trails, and and have a little little bunny, right? Like jumping and, into a hole or something like that, right? And then we can post that everywhere on social media, and it'll be like a little marketing thing, right? Like that'd be a fun little thing to like post around. That'd and, be pretty slick, right? Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. just it, once again instrumental music <laughs> so we're talking about <laughs> bunnies guys should i just keep going with the actual topic yeah. or do it okay <laughs> so you were talking about instrumental music and um andrew peterson's idea of um you know learning more about god through creation and one of the things that we were talking about the other day when we were talking about this topic and just kind of like getting initial ideas was um instrumental music like just music in general, right? That's a part of creation because music in and of itself is like, it exists in nature, right? Like these, these keys and these like, harmonies and the way music works, the way, the way sound works is a part of God's natural creation and the way he created the world. And so we can learn about him through music. Um, and it's also a way that, you know, like, like anything else, it can bring glory to God um, because of its beauty. Um, and so that's obviously the natural first step to when we're talking about this topic is to you know the we're asking like how do we glorify god through instrumental music well just like any part of his creation anything that is pure and good and holy and excellent and praiseworthy right like think about such things um and like any part of god's creation that is beautiful um instrumental music can for sure be a part of that but like any other part of god's creation too it can be antithetical to that so what's what's the line? So okay, so yeah, so here's the thing: is instrumental uh, music does not have a truth that it is speaking. There is no altering message. There is no effect that it has on the person's mind. Um, instead, well, it instead it has an effect on the person's emotions. Okay, okay, keep going track with you so far. okay all right so instead it has a an effect on the person's emotions so the question is if we glorify christ through music by lyrics that are uh filled with wisdom filled with honesty and truth um and ultimately bring glory to god through those things mm -hmm. so if you take away words from a song how do you glorify god in it Um, I mean, it's like anything that you aren't any point. It's like any other point in your life when you aren't speaking, you can still be glorifying God, right? Like you don't have to be constantly yeah. saying anything to do something that is glorifying to God, right? Like helping someone up when they have fallen down is not a thing that you have to do through words, but it's a thing that can absolutely glorify God by loving your neighbor. Um, and you know, any, any other thing that is nonverbal, there's still communication happening, right? Like we can humans have this incredible ability to communicate in, in all sorts of different ways. Um, and music is a language in and of itself. Um, and right, like keys and tones and harmonies and, um, like minor and major chords, like all of those things have 
there's communication happening there, right? Like it's like, oh, this is a sad song or this is a happy song. There's some sort of message behind it. Um, right. Like the, the sweeping, I, I can't listen to a soundtrack from, um, a movie, even one I haven't listened to or watched yet. Right. And not know what's happening in like under the music, at least to some small extent. Right. Like right. I, I can tell, oh, something um, victorious. Like someone has just won a great victory. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, right. Like all, music still communicates those things, even if there's no, um, words behind it. Um, and obviously those things should be glorifying to God and in many ways they can be. I specifically always think of lowercase noises, Mm -hmm. um, which is patch of sky as well. And this patch of sky. Well, I don't really know necessarily about the theology of this patch of sky. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? But for lowercase noises, it seems like there's actual, um, truth in the titles of the songs Mm-mm. and in the songs that he actually has lyrics to i mean well yeah this patch of sky was basically just like worship songs to through in, in instrumental instrumental form right it was just right, like talking about god's that. characteristics it was like the immortal the invisible right like it was just like oh remember? right yeah, yeah 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 yep yeah you're yeah. right yep so this patch of sky lowercase noises <laughs> um there's another band called wilhelm that i listen to that has like ambient instrumental music like those two that also has like um, I can't remember, I'll look it up right now, but, like, um, it had, uh, similar, like, title sort of things. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's one thing, right? Like, with instrumental music, it's really easy to just title it something, and then it completely mm-hmm. colors your perception, whoever's listening to it, your perception yep. of what the music is communicating to. Mm-hmm. Um, but even without that, I feel like you can still, yeah, still communicate. So, things. yeah, so, I guess, I guess here's kind of the, the comparison, all right? Um, you know, people will always say, preach the gospel, um, if necessary, use words, um, which is attributed to Francis of Assisi, <coughs> who never actually said that. Um, but the problem Man, with we're that quote, throwback now, that was the first episode of the Christian artist. There. Was it really? Yeah. That's when we yeah, talked about that. Yeah. One of the first, at least. It was the first. Yeah. I remember, we I, talked about this quote and yep. said, you, you were, you were like mad about that that day. And so we were like, let's talk about this quote. Oh. We had just listened to the, what, what? Uh, episode on it oh wow yeah oh i don't remember this at all mm-hmm. that's kind of cool but yeah so so yeah so uh the gospel cannot be preached without words uh how shall they hear without a preacher right how should they have faith unless they hear the truth of the gospel and like we said before right so um i it's kind of comparing it to <laughs> instrumental music mm-hmm. um you cannot preach the gospel through s- instruments but you can still glorify God in what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, something, something that I've been noticing a bit is that's kind of a trend in our Christian American culture um, is that we think preaching the gospel is doing nice things for people. And it's not. We think that, um, <laughs> you know, if I went out and helped somebody with their problems in life, or prayed about prayed that they will have a better job or something like that. That's somehow witnessing. That's somehow evangelizing, and it's not. Evangelism is the preaching of the gospel, mm-hmm. um, and you can do a lot of nice things for a person that will help them to listen to you and uh, help them to see that you're a truly changed person and you truly are abiding in Christ and um, want to serve Him. And by wanting to serve Him, you want to love other people. 
right? And so you can show that you're a Christian through certain things that you do, but you cannot preach the gospel or even call it evangelism unless you're preaching the gospel. And I think it's the same thing with instrumental music. You can still glorify God in it and you can still show that you're a Christian by doing things with excellence, Mm -hmm. but you can't preach the gospel with instrumental music. Um, and what I think is really cool. It doesn't mean you have to though. Right? It like doesn't a, mean that you have to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as a, as a Christian, you, yes. You are personally, yeah, but it doesn't yeah. mean that there's something wrong with instrumental music no. because yeah. it can't preach the gospel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's why I always like going back to lowercase noises is because he mm-hmm. literally has a song that's just an analogy for salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he has, he has a couple of songs that are closely tied with salvation. He also but, has um, an entire album about a Christian family in Siberia that like wandered around for a while and yeah so that's pretty dealing cool. with persecution so yeah, yeah. but uh yeah so he completely, completely instrumental almost yeah. completely instrumental well yeah there's there's like <laughs> a couple of like core choral elements that yeah have, have words but... but it's not really like lyrics it's just kind of really. it's just it, it happens as like a part of the instrument it's just like a yeah. line that keeps being repeated mm-hmm. but yeah so like he has a it's song like that more, more huh? like, it's like more like poetry right yeah, yeah yeah so he has a song that's specifically like talking about the gospel um and uh like that i think is really cool that i think that he can make songs that he knows is glorifying to god but also he finds ways to put truth out there as well um in a poetic and musically inclined way mm-hmm. um and and once again you don't have to put words into your songs if you're an instrumental um you know artist like, um, maybe you can't sing. Maybe you're, well, maybe you not can't sing, but maybe you don't have a good voice and you feel like that if you started singing during your songs, that it would just sound really, really bad. <laughs> and so you don't want to, you know, do that. Um, when I think that's fine. Um, but, but I, but I, w- I would say two things is that if you are, if that, if you think that that's your ministry and like your evangelistic ministry mm-hmm. for the way that you interact with the world is through instruments, then you need to read Matthew 28 again and, and, and Romans 10 and know that we are called to preach the gospel. Yeah. Um, but also I would say that if you are an artist that preaches the gospel through your music, that it can't just be that, that that can't just be your only form of evangelism, mm-hmm. that you should be doing it with everyone around you and not just separating evangelism into this musical box over here and not letting evangelism surround the rest of your life as well. Yeah. I think this, this gets back into the dichotomy that I think we as the Christian artists, like we have, this is like the whole gist of the podcast, right? Like what is the difference between, um, uh, Christian art and art that is made by Christians and like, like the idea of that label, right? That marketing label right. that it's like, if it, if it's Christian, then it has to have a little cross on it. You have to have yep. someone saved and everything, right? Like yep. all it of that. To, it has to end with Jesus working right? everything like, out. Jesus working yep. everything out. All that stuff, right? Like that's 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 the, a theme that we've been hitting constantly on the podcast, basically all the way through the time we've been doing this. Um, and in, I, I think all of our views have kind of shifted, not necessarily in in terms of the baseline of like what that means, but more like the, the background of it. And what I mean by that is, um, at least Connor and I, and I don't know about you, Carly, you, you seem to be heading in this direction, but, um, Connor and I are, um, more and more post-mill and post-millennial every day. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that's really important when you have a view of eschatology and a view of God's law and a view of culture that, um, 
lines you know, that, up with scripture. Well, yeah, you know, lines up with scripture and says basically <laughs> right that um that we as Christians are responsible for partnering with God in the redemption of culture and the redemption of every part of this world and right. the redemption of every sphere. We have to remember that there is a difference between the evangelism of people for the right for for their spiritual salvation and the glory of God that can be given or you know the, the things that we can do to glorify God and everything that we do in redeeming in a similar way um other other things besides people um, and I think that um scripture is very clear that um God's ultimate plan is to save the world right and and that doesn't mean that every single person who has ever lived will be a Christian it means that you shall inherit the earth and it'll be like in the days of Noah yeah, right it will it, it means that God wants to redeem the world system he, he wants to bring it back to him and and that means every part of it it means it means work it means art it means uh economics it means government it means all of those things and and so when we when we look at this and we and we see that God wants art to be redeemed and we look at you know our current cultural context and all of the horrific art that is made on a daily basis um that's just so far from god and so antithetical to anything that god wants for humanity um when we look at like postmodernism and how people make art that's just like you know it can mean whatever like there's no meaning to this i just put some colors on this painting and whatever i don't even care about it right like that's not how god views art that's not how god views anything um and so it's our task as christians who are in the field of art and are interested in artistic endeavors to redeem that sphere um to, to be a part of that partnering with god in redemption of that of that sphere and so that means that we don't just need people who are musicians and will write new worship songs that are theologically sound, even though that is a great idea or like, you know, people who will write music that maybe is legitimately evangelizing to people who are lost. That's super great. And we should have that. It means also though, that we should have artists in every single genre in every single sphere of this larger musical bubble, making art that is based first and foremost, on that person's relationship with God and their worldview being centered on God as the most holy and the most worthy of being praised. Um, and we need more people who are just that, who make art that stems from that. It doesn't have to be make, making little crosses on everything or talking about like Jesus every other word. It means anything that we make stems from that deep down that worldview that colors everything we see right um episode of apology or radio that i listened to it was almost a year now a year ago now i think um maybe a little bit less than that but it was the one where that really got me thinking about um this media studio thing that i've been having that works forever now um but jeff durbin was talking with um the the documentarian who did the Calvinist documentary that we still need to watch. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> um, he was like, uh, cause the guy was like saying like, I don't understand why it, um, the documentarian was saying, I, I don't know why it doesn't make sense to me that Christians should make any sort of movies except for ones that like talk about theology or make talk about like Christian topics. And Jeff Durbin was like, you know, I'm going to challenge you on that because 
think about this. Like, you know, there are, there are all sorts of things that you can, all sorts of movies that you can make, all sorts of documentaries that you can make. Um, and when we look at, um, like I say, a documentary on World War II, right? Like even a documentary on World War II that is made by an atheist is going to have elements in it that speak of God, right? That, that speak of like anyone who looks at the Holocaust and obviously can see how wrong that is, that speaks of God, right? That speaks of how we as human beings inherently know that that is evil. Um, but then think about if that same documentary was made by a Christian, how much more they could, uh, effort they could put into bringing out those themes, right? And in in circling around to how these how these things are evil and like the different things in the World War II that were wrong and like what we could have done differently, the, all of those things, right? A, a Christian has such such a better perspective on those things because of their worldview than an atheist does, and so we need more people who just do those sorts of things. But it's obviously going to be better because a Christian did it. Does that mean that every single movie that is made by a Christian is better than a movie made by a non-Christian? No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> um, what I'm saying is we ha- there is the potential. Um, if you lay two people with the same skill set, right, like side by side, one is a Christian, one is not, obviously one will be more God-honoring, right, if they're making this movie, but also one will be more true because if they're truly making it from a worldview that honors Christ, um not only will it glorify God, but it will speak of truth in a way that's more profound than if, if an atheist make, made a, world, a documentary on that thing. Yeah, one yeah. of the, the speakers that we had at uh, the Summer Journey uh, in talking about uh, vocation and how using our vocation to glorify God, we can, or using our vocation, we can glorify God. Um, he, one of the things he said that stood out to me was, what can you do that the most moral atheist can't? Um, and that was, I think, a really good point because we don't really think about, well, you know, other people do have these, like, God-instilled morals that Mm -hmm. we might share, but we ultimately know all the truth and we can use that truth to do better things. Hopefully in theory, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> like it, it doesn't always end up working that way, but that's hopefully what we're, we're going towards for sure. Yeah. So yep. I'm curious as to how you think that that's changed since the beginning. What do you mean? That you said that, that, that our, our view on that has kind of changed. Obviously our view on post-millennialism, that's what I meant, really. I mean, has changed, but, <laughs> just, just but in I feel the, in like the... we've always had that view, view, mind, uh, view mind. What? No, I, I remember, cause I've, li- I re-listened to a lot of the old episodes, um, once in a while and i remember talking about talking with david i think about that idea of like you know every story has to end you know with jesus winning the day that sort of thing right and how we didn't think that was appropriate but we the reason we gave was not because um you know god god has called us to redeem every sphere right or the reason we gave is like you know there are a lot more endings after before before that and like you know, not everything. We, we it was there wasn't as much meat to it. I feel because we knew that was true. Ultimately, we did. We knew that like God wants to, us to make good art for the for art's sake, right? Like for for making just for the sake of making good art that glorifies Him. But we didn't know why yet. And and post millennialism gives gives us the why. Gives us the it finally showed me like the the consistent why I had felt that for so long, and it's because. God had been speaking in my heart for forever on the fact that these things are important and um, like we're not just called to sit in our little Christian bubble and 
knit our like I love Jesus sweaters <laughs> and then just, you know, try to try to take people from the world and like bring them to our Christian bubble and then just hide there forever. Right. Like, right. With our with our holding on our Christian sweaters, we're yeah. hiding behind our Christian sweaters. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. OK, I, I'll see that. Yeah, I'll give you that one. That's what I'm saying. Um, so one thing I did want to bring up, uh, since there was some dead space here is, uh, I read a book recently called art for God's sake. Um, and it's basically just, you know, a short little book about that idea of, um, how can we be goodness gracious? It's not the Christian artist. If my mic doesn't <laughs> fall down, um, how can we be, um, artists that glorify God, right? Like where, where does that fit in the Christian context? And I didn't agree with everything that he said, but like in general, it's a pretty good overview of like talking about art from a Christian perspective. And one of the things he brought up was um, Exodus 31. Um, and uh, it says in Exodus 31, hey, the Lord's... I read that today. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. Huh. That's cool. The Lord said to Moses, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, uh, Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, yes. and with knowledge and all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood, to work in every craft. And behold, I have appointed him with him Aholiab, the son of Ash... Ahisamach, oh my goodness, of the tribe of Dan. And I have given to all able men ability that they may make all that I have commanded you, the tent of meeting and the ark of the ta of the testimony and the mercy seat that is on it and all the furnishings of the tent, the table and its utensils and the pure lamp stand with all of its utensils, so on and so on and so forth. He was talking about all the different like ceremonial things that he was going to have these people make. Um, and when you, when you think about that and you, th and you like what we know about what those look like and all that stuff. Obviously those things needed to be made for their ceremonial reason, but he didn't just say, all right, you know, just throw something together. I'll be fine. No, he specifically vocationally called artists <laughs> and he's like, make these awesome, right? Like do the best that you possibly can. I'm, I'm gifting yeah. you these abilities to do amazing things with this. And obviously no one was going to look at that and be like, Oh, I can see the gospel message in there, right? right? It was just beautiful for the sake of it being beautiful. Um, and that was glorifying to God because he he wanted them to do that, right? Um, well, I would say it's beautiful because it was for God. Obviously, yeah. But like it was beautiful because God is the, he's the one who defines beauty, right? Like, right. And so like we, we can look at that and be like, wow, God is cool because that's beautiful. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I, I was been reading second Chronicles and like Solomon making the temple of God. Mm -hmm. And that's something I was thinking about is the first time I kind when I kind of read it, um, him building the temple in like first and second Kings, I kept thinking, is this a part of Solomon falling away from God as him making all of these random things like the thousand mm. gold bathtubs in, in this room? <laughs> I'm like, like, how is this like a good use of his time? Because he's just making thousands of bathtubs, like 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 I I I remember I I took a picture of it and posted to Snapchat, and I was like, like this is this is like what King Solomon ended up being. Like he was the wisest man ever and was doing all these great things, and then he spent his life making bathtubs. Like I literally put that on my <laughs> Snapchat at one point, and then now reading through it again, with like Second Chronicles, and seeing how God specifically set up, um him to make these things mm -hmm. and was like yes i um like king david was like hey i want to make the temple of god yeah. and god was like yeah you don't get to because you're a man of war 
and your son gets to. And so David hmm. gave him like all of the, uh, what was it called? The, uh, like the blueprints for hmm. it. And, um, everything that David had like saved up with like all the gold and bronze and, and silver that he had, he gave to Solomon to make the temple. And he had, uh, Solomon had a bunch of people give him stuff to, to help make the temple. Um, and there was time of peace and God specifically made it so that there would be a time of peace so that Solomon could make the temple of God. Um, and that was him glorifying God mm -hmm. and everything that he did. And he hired specific people who were really good at their job and paid them a lot of money to make this awesome temple of God that would glorify him. And uh, Pastor Gary um, had said something the other day and saying like, like, hey, like I think there's a... Um, he said he said that he's like a huge temple of God theology nerd mm. and he thinks there's a lot of different signs of Christ in the temple of God right. and the different things that uh -huh. that were uh, put in there like there's some sort of like uh, bread of life reference or something like that and I was kind of like I don't remember like noticing any of those things but I, I'm like it's the Bible so I feel like that's probably true but I haven't noticed anything about that yet so I'll, I'll have to look that up myself but uh, but at the same time it was just him creating things that were beautiful and awesome to glorify God. And it, the first time around, I felt like it was a waste. I was like, because, because then, you know, later that he just ends up pursuing a thousand women, like a literal thousand women, um, and having sex with all of them and then, you know, breaking God's law. And then God Somehow. was like, God was like, I mean, <laughs> you've, you've fallen away from me and you know, so, so I kind of thought that, that was part of it. And then I realized that no, God was like helping him do all of these things because he wanted him to make those things yeah. to his glory. Right. And that, that's one of the things I want to point out because it, I think it makes a lot of sense in the discussion about instrumental music, right? Like I think some people probably will legitimately say you're wasting your time, right? right. Like some, some maybe well-meaning Christians, but then also some Christians that are just jerks and maybe aren't actually Christians um, <laughs> would say, right? Like, um, you know, you're wasting your time. You know, we just need to go out there and preach the gospel all literally all the time and you can't do anything fun ever, mm -hmm. whatever, you know, something stupid like that. Um, and like, was this like a waste of time making all these lampstands and altars and garments well you the argument could be well no because god specifically commanded them to do right that. but why would god command them to do it unless he cared about art right, right. why would god why would god even bother if if he wants yeah. to set an like well we look at god the life of jesus it. right and we can see like god right exactly right like and we look at the life of jesus and see like he was setting an example for us um, in like conduct and all these things and he never did anything like half-heartedly right like he never just made him he he never um did something without a purpose, right? And right. like everything he did was like to show us how to live and those sorts of things. Do you think that the like that God the Father is any different in in commanding yeah. mm -hmm. like Moses to to have these people do these things, right? Like it's all there because God wants to tell us something very specific about it. Does that mean that you know there's there's like some sort of weird it's promise for America that right. we can find or, in these passages. Or, no, or of course this is not, an right? all like, Christians or like, start making is, lampstands. Right, like no, that's right. not what I'm saying. But there are lessons that every that all Christians can can take from these sorts of things because all it reveals, scripture is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for training right. and righteousness. Because it reveals every... something about the character of God. Why would God command this? Right? And then we have to look into and see why would God care about art in general? And we yes. look all throughout scripture. 
just look at the Bible for Pete's sake. Like, there's... For Peter's sake? Like Peter the Apostle's sake? Yes, exactly. Oh. For Peter the Apostle's sake. Um, that's where I originally came from. It's not just some random Pete. It's actually talking about Oh, Peter. I thought it was like Peter the Rabbit or something. No. Oh. It, that's like a, that's like a European phrase. So like, like super Christian. Peter the like. Rabbit Trail. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um... <laughs> Right, but like, just look at scripture. Um, look at the Psalms. Look at look at Isaiah, where he just like randomly breaks out in a song, and when he's like casting judgment on a nation, like, why would those things exist? Why would God even care unless it's important, right? Unless yeah. God loves right. beauty and loves art. Um, right. I mean, there there are tons of things that God has done in history that isn't in the Bible. Yeah. Why is that specifically there? Mm-hmm. Like, all of history has been mapped out and foreordained by God. He didn't put every single piece of history into the Bible. So that point specifically, and plenty of other things, were specifically in the Bible for mm-hmm. a reason. Because all scripture is God-breathed and profitable. Right. Right. And it gives and it gives like uh, a peculiar hope to people who are artists to see when God like specifically like, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, right? Like, and I filled him with the spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship. Like he gave him these gifts. And that's another thing, right? Like if God like instills in us a desire to make art, right? Like why would God do that unless he, he wants us to use it, right? And it's obvious from these passages that he gives us those and we can use them in a holy manner. It's not just like some sinful desire that's passed down, right. you know, and we're going to be super like ultra puritan about it and just be like, you can't have any fun whatsoever. And any, any, any art is from the devil, like anything like that, right? Like that's dumb. Yeah. But we should clarify though that the gospel is still more important than you making art. The gospel, spreading of the gospel is still the great commission. Like that's mm-hmm. the point of Christians. Right. But I, I think, honestly, I think it'll feel like it, it's, you're creating a false dichotomy. Um, that like when you say pre- preaching the gospel is more important than art, um, because like any sphere, it needs salvation in any, anything, right? Like just like people need that by, by redeeming people, those people will then make redeemed things and that is why art is important is because every every sphere needs to be brought up brought to jesus dominion and that's why that's one of the reasons that we preach the gospel not only so that person can be saved but that so that what they do with their lives is not a waste and can glorify god and will lead to this redemption of the world right so yeah but 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 like honestly that obviously that's the that's how we get to that point. Right. I, I just, like, it, it was just the way you phrase it, I guess. Well, I'm, I'm trying to phrase it in a way that people understand that there's still, we should still have unity in Christ. And that, that the mm-hmm. uh, the essential doctrine is that right, the right, gospel right. is primary. Of course, yeah. And creating art is secondary. Right, right. And so if you're going to have a disagreement over art, that's fine. Yeah. But if someone's being, being like, you know, I'm just going to make my art and I'm not, I don't need to preach the gospel. Obviously, that's a problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. But also, I would say if somebody is like, yeah... Preaching the gospel is fine. I don't really need to learn about what the Bible says about art. Then what you're saying is this part of the Bible is not really useful to me. I don't really care about perfection in Christ. I don't really care about my sanctification. I just care that I'm saved and I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. That it is still very important to learn about every aspect of scripture um, and how it affects every aspect of life and to follow all of those things uh, or follow follow in 
God's law and his precepts and his ways in all of those things. Yep. Thoughts, Carly? What do you got? Um, one thing that I did think of saying, um, is that I think it's a very human thing to, when you admire art that someone has made, you admire the person and, or at least to some degree. And so I think instrumental music can definitely be used to glorify God in that way that if you are creating, um, exceptionally awesome art, then mm-hmm. people will be drawn to your art and to you, and that gives you even more opportunities to preach the gospel to them. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's that idea of one of the reasons that we we do everything to the glory of God is because we want to be a witness to the people mm-hmm. around us. Right. Like it's that whole thing of like, um, we we are the best workers. We try to be the best workers that we possibly can be in our jobs, so that we can be a witness to the people around us, and and they can look and be like, oh wow they are like the best worker I have. And why is that? They're a Christian. Right. And that's obviously the reason that you'd give. Um, and like the, and this is like something that I think we've talked about, but like the kind of world that we as Christians need to make is one, you know, by, um, by, uh, continuing to just do everything with excellence, um, is one in which, um, anyone will be like, you know, I need, I need to hire a worker. You know what kind of worker I want to hire? I want to hire one of those Christian workers because they're the best workers, yeah. right? right. That's, the, that's the sort of, that's what we need to reach. That, that's the potential, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Do everything with excellence. Yep. yep. Okay, so uh, one of the uh, viewers right now wants to know how we feel about the God's Not Dead movie. I was wondering if you were going to bring it up. <laughs> no, like literally that's yeah, on the chat. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, does that have anything to do with what they're talking about or? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm assuming their reasoning is that we're talking about glorifying God in every aspect of art. Maybe. I, I don't know how long they've been listening. Hi. Um, I mean, where do we want to start with that? <laughs> I don't think they're very good movies. Um, <laughs> I think they, I think they do the, the, the faux pas of um, making art that's Christian, for the sake of being Christian, and not for the sake of it yeah. being good. Yeah. Um, they, they focus too much on like, well, we gotta make sure everybody's saved at the end of this movie, and like, gotta throw in all these little Christian things, and we gotta make sure, like, it. <clears throat> they care way too much about throwing in all of these Christian elements that are really important as opposed to just telling a good story um, and right. doing that to glorify God. So they're rather convoluted. And all, honestly, a lot of their theology is a little messed up too. Yeah, yeah pretty much all of their theology <laughs> is pretty messed up. If I was going to make a salvation scene, I wouldn't do it where somebody just got hit by a car and a pastor is trying to <laughs> frantically yeah. lead him through the gospel but instead of calling that, that was the reason that they were late to go to the park is because God yeah, knew. And, and do I think things like that actually happen on a daily basis? Yeah, mm-hmm. that God preordains certain things mm-hmm. to happen so that people can have the chance to preach the gospel to other people. I, I go street witnessing with Angel. Like, I experience that on a daily basis of, like, somebody was just coming outside and was just about to walk into their office, and we got to stop them, and we talked to that person for, like, two and a half, three hours mm-hmm. and became friends with that person. Like, I think that that happens on a daily basis. Yeah. But to put it in a movie where it's this cheesy, everybody gets saved miraculously kind of thing, Yeah. instead of you 
glorifying God in truthful I mean, they were at a Newsboys concert. Let's be real. They, <laughs> and, yeah. Of an yeah. honest story. Rather, they're not telling a good story. And they're telling the story that they think Christians want to hear. Not the kind of truth and story that challenges Christians. Right. I mean, because obviously all atheists are like super evil and mean and <laughs> they're just going to be mean to you all the time. And they yeah. like are mean to everyone around them and they just now, talk about being n- mean to people yeah. all the time. Now, are atheists evil in a moral sense? Yes. So because am I. we're all, yeah, yes. we're all evil in the moral sense. But an atheist, I, I mean, I know, I know a lot of really I nice work atheists. with people who, who don't believe in God and are haters of religion and we get along and have conversations and you know like that's fine i don't have to argue with everybody who's uh not saved in order to make sure that i can prove that my god exists i don't need Mm -hmm. to prove that god exists romans 1 says i don't need to prove god exists i don't even need to give evidence that god exists god exists because god says everybody knows i exist Mm -hmm. and i don't even need to you know do anything with that yeah so yeah so the the entire point of god's not dead is to try to prove that god exists when the bible says everybody knows god exists and you don't need to prove it you should just preach the gospel trying to defend god is like defending a lion homie he don't need your help (laughs) just unlock unlock the cage cage. (laughs) yeah that's a good old propaganda for you (laughs) um anyway back to instrumental music um Where do you want to go with instrumental music? Oh, that was pretty much all I had. Really? Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's we pretty talk early, about right? instrumental music that we like and listen to. Well, I think you guys uh, kind of already that. did. But... Yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't really. Um, Connor, <laughs> Connor just brought up uh, location noises. I guess I mentioned one. Um, but <clears throat> uh, um, my favorite artist who made instrumental music of all time just passed away recently and it was like the saddest thing in like all of humanity um because i'm pretty sure he wasn't saved and it just made me very very sad um because he made he made absolutely beautiful music um his name was johan johansson um totally look up his music it's fantastic music um his my favorite album basically of all time is his um album fordlandia um, and basically he made an entire instrumental album. It was like, it's just like really awesome, like orchestral chamber music. Um, that's based off of when James Ford decided to try to make a rubber plant in Brazil. And he made like a whole instrumental album off of the failed, like, uh, p- uh rubber plant that he tried to make there. And like everything that happened, this is the weirdest thing ever, but like, it's just so good. And the music is so gorgeous. Um, what album is that? Fordlandia. Uh, yeah um yeah and that's my favorite favorite album of all time i've listened to it all the way through about 150 times now yeah um it's it, like google play music keeps track and that's what he listens to it on <laughs> yeah i've listened to it all the way through 150 times <laughs> um it's i that's basically the album that helped me survive college so far if i didn't have that album i wouldn't have survived college like i would have quit like honest like like literally honestly like there it 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 honestly like <laughs> made it possible for me to do it. My goodness. It's my focus music. It's like the music that I can play to just instantly get focused and actually do something productive. All right. Um, so yeah, uh, other instrumental music. Um, I've been listening to a lot of anime soundtracks recently. Um, sorry, let me say that again. Cause I was about to cough anime soundtracks. Um, Connor and I just finished 
binge watching me multiple times um the anime my hero academia and i've been listening to that music forever because it's so good um i listen to a lot of like film scores and like soundtracks to things because like um i i oftentimes when i listen to instrumental music i i imagine stories and like just think about like possible stories that i might want to write or whatever um like the rpgs that we do um as well i think about like stories while i'm listening to instrumental music um it's really great to like think about um cool ideas for things um in my head um what about you connie you have any other instrumental music you listen to i mean i always like to listen to instrumental music when um i'm like trying to get pumped for an rpg or some type of book idea i know when i was writing i definitely always loved to uh listen to specific soundtracks that would get me in the emotional state to write that scene stuff like that so i think there are definitely a lot of uses for instrumental music that's not i need to hear the gospel right now that yeah. there's actual practical uses um for music um i know that mom whenever she needs to write like um some some like emotional um like thing like whenever she does senior sunday and is writing like a speech for the seniors is like they're going away um, and like graduating from our youth group and like, they just say a bunch of nice things about them. And well, I say, say nice, say nice things about them. <laughs> they don't lie. Yeah. But they, don't but lie, they, yeah. they, you know, they, they, it's not like a funeral. The truth about, uh, yeah, it's not a funeral. <laughs> they pre teach the truth about like, uh, you know, or say, not teach the truth, like say the truth of like what that person was to us in youth group and stuff like that. And she always listens to like, uh, lost music, like the sad piano lost music. Um, and she's never from the seen TV the show, show from Lost. the TV show. Yeah. And, uh, um, dun, dun, I do dun. the same whenever I need to like cry or something like that. And I know mm. that it'd be really healthy for me to cry right now, but I don't stuff in it yeah. and I don't want to. And so, I, well, I do want to, but I'm like, has it, I, I have a hard time crying. I do have definitely have a hard time crying when I want to cry. And so either lyrical music that's sad or instrumental music that's sad always helps me to just sit alone with my thoughts and feelings and think things through and just get my emotions mm -hmm. out and praying to God. Music helps me sometimes with that. Um, yeah, for sure. All of those things. I always, when I was listening to Olafur Arnold's on repeat today, I thought that it'd be really cool. Uh, well, we've talked about this before too, that it'd be really cool if somebody made a like music video, like a bunch of music videos um, for his album for now I am winter of mm -hmm. like snow and like the entire like cycle of snow of like the brim the first song oh, yeah. you're saying like, they should make this or this has been made they should make this okay. if this is this was made I'd yeah oh man it'd be so cool I would have shown you by now but uh I like I really think it'd be really <laughs> cool if somebody made like just like a 10 video thing because the songs go together with each other and mm -hmm. somebody just made like a video of all these different types of snow. Like it's, it's a snowstorm and then the snow is like quiet and everything's settled. And then, uh, you know, then near the end, it's like melting and you just get all these like views of snow. I think that would have been one of the coolest things ever. Um, if somebody used that instrumental music and cause, cause that's what it's about. It's just about winter. Like that's what the album is about. It's just about snow and winter and it's just, I always thought it'd be super cool to be in a snowstorm listening to Brim. And, and yeah. like, like it, I, you know, so those are the kinds of things that we oh, use no. instrumental. I yeah, don't want to get flagged. Don't want to get flagged. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so 
I always think that's really cool use of instrumental music Mm -hmm. that it's not necessarily, you know, gospel preaching or like biblically, biblically centered music. It's just music that explores emotions and, and, uh, different aspects of the world. And it, it just makes you think about things. Mm -hmm. And that's always good in our, especially in our culture, we use music to numb us and to not think about things. Mm instrumental music kind of leaves that emptiness to force you to think about uh, things. Yeah. And I think that's also very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really true. Rather than listening to somebody, somebody else's lyrics to kind of think for you and to kind of fill that space in your mind. Yeah. Instead, you're actually leaving yourself alone with your thoughts. You actually have to think about things that are serious and important. And yeah, it's the next best, best thing besides silence Yeah, <laughs> in getting you to force, force yourself it, to think. Yeah, and, and it can even be better in some cases, mm. but, you know, obviously it depends on the person and the situation. I mean, yeah, like as I was saying, right, like Fordlandia helps uh, helps me think. Like, honestly, that's the music helps I, when I help me focus on something. Yeah, I mean, everybody has like a studying playlist, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like Mine is just Fordlandia on repeat, which is right. why I've listened to that <laughs> album so many times. Right. So, Kylie, how about you? Um, yeah, so I don't listen to a whole lot of instrumental music. The only time I really listen to it is when I listen to my writing playlist, when I'm trying to do something productive, like write or, um, or, uh, do homework or something. Um, because most of the songs I have on there are instrumental. Um, some of them aren't, some of them are just calmer songs, but... Um, one of the albums that I, like, constantly go back to for, um, like, instrumental music as, like, inspiration for me to write is, um, Correspondence in Instrumental, um, by Levi the Poet. Of course, I don't think, technically, the instrumental album, like, he didn't actually do any of the music part of it, one of his friends did, um, so the music part isn't actually by him. But um, I loved the uh, Correspondence of Fiction album, which is a spoken word album. And I realized, oh, there's an instrumental of this uh, album. And it's Mm. so good. Like, even without all of the poetry, it still sounds amazing. And it's super, like, some songs are really slow and sad. And others are really upbeat. And, um, like, there's a lot of elements in them. And I... I love that album so much. <laughs> Listening to Lay Friction instrumental ah. is always fun too. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, or um, Hidden Citizens. Yeah, yeah, Hidden Citizens as well. Yeah, the one they did about uh, um, classical music re- redefined. That was well, fun. yeah, yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, <laughs> I was. I mean, that was pretty much all I had planned. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was just short. I was. <laughs> it was. That's all right. That's all right. Um. Well, there you go. Uh, you can find us uh, on Twitter at Christ underscore Art underscore Show at Facebook at Facebook dot com slash Christian Artist Show and at our website at christianartistshow.com Thank you guys for listening and watching. Thanks for chatting it up in the chat there. See. Some uh, some people I've seen before. I see you, Spars. Nice to see you. Um, he started watching he or she. I don't actually know your gender, um, but <laughs> whoever you are, uh, we appreciate. I don't know. I you know, who knows? Um, 
That like was, I said, you're the only person on this planet that can embarrass me. Uh, <laughs> well, I just didn't want to like assume, because um, the name Spars in and of itself doesn't doesn't tell me anything. Well, so. yeah, I mean, we um, don't know this person, so um, there you go. Okay, he said he. Lol. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I got it right. Then. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I see, I see, I see you've been in chat. So uh, thanks for watching uh, and, and chatting it up. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be back. Um, Thursday for Terry Nullius, Terry Nullius on this channel. Um, and then um, one thing I haven't actually been able to talk about the, on the podcast yet, and I want to plug real quick, is the new podcast I started. Um, I started a podcast with um, the same people I do Terry Nullius with on Thursdays. And um, we are rewatching Avatar The Last Airbender, the best anime that's not actually an anime. Um, <laughs> it's actually, you know, American. Um, uh, and we're, we're going through the show, rewatching it and talking about it every, every Thursday after we do our D and D game and, uh, recording it. We're not streaming it live. We're recording it and, and then put it, put it on YouTube. So you can find the first two episodes of that, um, on the YouTube channel, um, which is, you know, linked below on, on the Twitch, uh, channel, uh, right here. You can check that out if you want. And then I think we're doing something Friday. Maybe question mark. Uh, Jared's not going to be there, so we can't do Elysian Road, but we'll probably end up doing a one shot or something like that. Who knows? Um, and uh, and then next week, next week Emily's going to be in town. Well, that'll be crazy. Yeah. But we won't. She won't be in town for this, which is kind of sad because that would have been cool to have Emily on for for the podcast if she had been in town during that time but mm. you know what i was thinking though carly like the entire episode when we uh, just randomly throughout when we were talking is like if you get to come visit us in august all of the cool things that we'll be able to do like do this podcast completely yeah. live yeah that would be so good <laughs> that'd be a first we, um we should if we're really gonna do that we should plan on making like a few episodes when when you're here in town and like come yeah. up with all a bunch that of different episodes good. we can have like a few where we can release and then well i guess now that we're doing it live we can't really do that though can we uh what if do we recorded episodes and then so yeah we would have to like stream it live every time if you wanted to do i mean technically we could record extra episodes but they wouldn't i i would be fine with that but it would have to be like bonus episode stuff right yeah. like okay all right. whatever yeah. whatever it was we it would just be some some bonus episode thing right. that we would do right um and I'm gonna I'm gonna block some people in the <laughs> chat right now. Oh, don't worry awesome. about it. It's all good. Carl, you don't pay attention to the chat, correct? No, I don't. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's very good. Um but yes. Hello Spars and hello Retro Rewind Podcast. Uh, you guys are great and you watch our stuff, so that's really cool. <laughs> um Spars has been watching um Ternalius, like consistently showing up every every week and going back and rewatching all the old episodes and getting oh, caught wow. up on stuff. Hey. So it's just it makes me it makes my heart very happy when we people actually do that. Yeah. We have a fan. <laughs> um but yeah, so uh there you go. We'll be back next week with more the Christian artist and I don't know what we'll talk about, but we'll probably figure <laughs> that out after we stop going live. <laughs> and hopefully. then on the day of we'll all be like, mm, we should probably do our research on what we're gonna talk about and <laughs> then I'll and be the only one that does that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Adios. Have a great week.
Or I suppose only one literally of us dying, literally dying the entire time. I've had to cough constantly, and I was just barely holding it back like the entire episode. <coughs> There's something in my throat, and I don't know what it is. <coughs> it's horrible. <coughs> uh, yeah. I don't know why you felt the need to cough towards me. Sorry. 